Welcome back to another episode of Sky U Pod brought to you by Big Banner. Hey guys, if you could, we are on YouTube now. And if you enjoy this content, please like and subscribe. Um, I am joined by Max and Spencer today. We are previewing the 2.30 showdown this weekend here at home against Michigan State. Um, Gophers are currently a seven-point favorite with an over-under of 40 points. Um, they took the, the rain slash snow out for now, uh, and it's uh, currently projected to be 34 degrees at kickoff. So, fellas, um, Twitter's still talking about Iowa. Um, for me, that's probably my biggest concern is that are the players able to swip, flip the switch and get focused here on this Michigan State team? When you look at it, they've actually played um, these teams pretty tight. You know, not last week. No one's playing Michigan tight, so can't really fault them for that one. We saw what happened to us, but um, they're playing some of their opponents pretty tight here. So what what are your guys' thoughts leading into this one? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really got to be, you know, it's a huge emotional win, but in college football, it's really a matter of how quickly can you kind of celebrate that win and then turn it over into the next week, especially when you have to play a teaching state who struggled the way they have this year, both on and off the field. Um, it's an easy one for these young kids to just look past and think uh, we don't like to focus that much, but knowing PJ though, too, you know, he kind of focuses on every week is like its own season. So he's, he's definitely going to be hammered home that they have to go one and oh in the Michigan state season. Um, as corny weird as that sounds, but um I do trust the staff to keep them focused, and I trust the guys that we have, but they're not going to bring all week, you know, just slacking off in meetings or at practice. I think they are going to, you know, overall, it is a pretty uh, level-headed group, it feels like, so I trust they can get ready to play, and I think they'll be ready for another win. Yeah, I just, you know, I kind of think of this team like a Northwestern in the sense of they're kind of going through similar sort of things with their coaching staff and kind of like the change and, and everything. But I think the difference is that Michigan State, you know, I think has better athletes, you know, than Northwestern. So yeah, I think that when you're a Michigan State team, no, you're not going to probably compete for, you know, an East title. But I feel like every game is an opportunity, you know, to improve and get better. And I think that in itself can get teams like this excited. Like a win is almost like their Super Bowl, given the circumstances of their own season. So, you know, I look at Northwestern. They were able to come back and beat the Gophers, and, you know, that was awesome for all of them and their fans. I can sense the same sort of thing with Michigan State. So it's not going to be a game where we can just walk in there, get a win, and walk out. Like, this team has some some solid players, and I think, like you said, Kurt, we we can't be riding a high going into this game, and they got to be ready to go against this team. Yeah, that that is always a fear in college football. Just like you know, you look at them based off their record. But at, you know, Michigan State, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm assuming that they have higher recruiting classes than the Gophers have had over this past you know three four years that Mel Tucker's been there. So definitely still got athletes. Um, yeah, it's just it's an interesting you know if you were to compare the two teams' philosophies, like Michigan State's coming off a blowout loss to their biggest rival for their fifth straight loss and then we're coming off this high it's just you know if if they were coming off like a 14 to 7 ugly win against uh nebraska or something like that like i would put us on a much more greater chance for like upset alert i know the spread's not that big so people probably wouldn't be shocked if we lost this game but i'd be much more worried if they were coming off of a a game where they didn't probably get a little bit more demoralized because you know there some of their players were you know calling it you know like their season last year, last week, just because 
you know, it's their biggest rival. Like you got to get up for it. A night game um, on national television television and didn't go well. Um, no fault. No fault there. Same thing happened, happened to us, but all right, let's get into Michigan state offense a little bit. So they started the year with a guy that I thought was doing all right. Um, Noah Kim was their starter the, for the first few games, but the last two they've gone with the redshirt freshman. Um, and now I don't have his name in front of me. Hauser. Uh, so he's kind of like the future, it sounds like, and this intern interim head coach is just riding him out and just letting him kind of take the reins of this offense. So um, he looked like a player against Rutgers. I know he had a couple turnovers, but he made some plays with his legs. Uh, they have some some guys out there at receiver, but what, what stands out to you guys the most um, about the Spartan offense at the Gophers to see? For me, it's their running back, Nate Carter, uh, just because he's kind of their bell cow. He's got 130 carries on there. Um, the next closest rusher was Noah Kim, the quarterback who's no longer the starter. He only had 27 carries. Um, he's a he's low to the ground. He's only five foot nine, but I think he's close to 200 pounds. So he's kind of a little bowling ball. Um, so he's definitely a guy to watch out for just with, you know, they're going to try to, you know, establish the run, new quarterback. That's what I would expect. Um, and then from the wide receivers too, it seems that they have a pretty good variety of targets that you know, don't really have like a top guy, um, especially with, uh, Keon Coleman leaving. I'm sure they're trying to find, you know, their next top target. So it seems like they spread the ball around a lot. Uh, we'll see how this new younger quarterback looks, but, uh, the thing that jumps out to me, yeah, is just Nate Carter is we got to be able to tackle that guy because he looks like a little just bowling ball. Right. Yeah. I just, I, you know, to, you know, round that off, Max, I think that, you know, like you said, they have great receivers. I'm kind of looking at that, you know, um, graduate senior who, you know, Trey Mosley, he looks pretty good. Um, I mean, he's tied in the team with, on the team with receptions. He only has a pair of touchdown receptions, but I mean, um, you know, he's a big kind of athletic, mature individual. And I think that, you know, they're going to look to him. Um, obviously our secondary has maybe not last week, but this season there's been some holes that seem. So I think they'll definitely try to expose those holes with their athletes. Um, they're definitely capable of doing that. And then obviously, like you said, Max running back, it looks really good as well. Um, It'll be interesting to see up front. I'm not so sure how Michigan State is up front, um, but I think that, you know, if the Gophers can disrupt that, it'll put us in a good position to, to hopefully keep them from getting in the end zone. Yeah, uh, you guys did a good job. The only thing I really had to add that stuck out was it seems like, you know, uh, you guys mentioned they spread the ball out passing. Um, they're not like, let's see, they're not a super heavy passing, but they averaged, you know, about 80 more yards passing, a little over 200 yards a game than than the Gophers. Um, so just looking through their their team here, they do have multiple guys with like chunk plays, which I feel like, you know, the Gophers really only have Daniel Jackson and maybe Corey Crooms that have, that have had some longer catches on the year. You know, Michigan State, they got, you know, Foster Jr.'s got to catch a 30 yards early in receiver. Trey Mosley's catch a 26. You know, their third receiver, 33. Fourth receiver has a 72 yarder. Another guy with a 45 yarder. So they still got dudes out there. It just, it just makes you um, have to pay attention to everybody in this game, right? Like when there, when there's the one star player, not one star player, like most teams have more than one, but when there's that one shutdown guy, you know, usually stick Wally on him and just kind of have safety help over the top. They seem to have enough guys to make you have to just kind of play them straight up, if that makes sense. So just something to watch there with um, with the secondary 
and just the pass coverage of the linebackers, just, which has been a little bit suspect. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. Um, I was kind of liking that earlier weather report. It was looking like we we're going to have for the Gophers, which is be like some rain and whatnot, but that's currently not in the forecast. So um, that might make things a little bit more interesting than this one. All right. And moving over to their defensive side of the football. Um, I'll let you guys start this time. Maybe Shreddy, if you wanted to go with this one, what, what stands out to you about their defense? I think it's their linebackers. I think that back there they have some pretty good players. Um, Six-year graduate senior Aaron Brule. Um, he had 11 tackles last game. Um, so that's pretty impressive. Um, and then you're looking at another freshman linebacker, Jordan Hall, who um, um, has also gotten – he's gotten seven tackles against Rutgers. Um, so young guy who obviously looks like he can play really well. Um, seems like their defensive backs are athletic too. Um, I'm not so sure. It's kind of hard to really compare given like last week against Michigan, they kind of just did whatever they wanted against the defense. But again, I just think that they have good players in, in different spots throughout their defense. Um, one thing that, again, that will be interesting to see is their, their front. Um, it seems like in the past, Michigan state has been able to, to do well up front, but I'm not so yeah. sure about this season. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, if blockers can get to that second level against those backers, kind of seal them in, I think our running game will, will do just fine. Yeah. For me overall, just Michigan state's team defense, you know, their, their offense is probably one of the worst offenses in the country, uh, at least on paper. So it definitely doesn't help their defense and some of their numbers. Um, but just looking at run versus pass, they're definitely a lot better in the run defensive game, uh, only giving up 3.6 yards per carry. Uh, but they're giving up eight yards per pass, and they face you know a pretty even 50-50 split run versus pass. So it's not even like it's skewed. Teams are barely passing on them, but when they do, they hit plays. So I don't know. It seems like the teams that have had success are obviously the ones that make some explosive plays. Uh, one of the stats that is like points per play, uh, Michigan State's 102nd in the country, giving up .446. That's almost half a point every single play they're giving up. <clears throat> so... Really for the Gophers, and it hasn't. We haven't been successful in it, but if we can hit some explosive plays, it seems like that's been Michigan State's weakness like this so far this year. And that Michigan game last week doesn't help. Yeah, yeah. No, it'd be great. Be a great game for Ethan to have a little bit of a bounce back overall. Um, like we said, he made some plays down the stretch last last week, but overall, just want him to hit a little bit more of those uh, easy ones that were there for the taking, especially if uh, you know Spartan defense has been somewhat decent against the run this year. Um, I just saw this today, so I just thought I'd bring it up on the pod. They have had a couple players here jump into the portal. Um, yeah. It's kind of getting to that point for them where they can jump in and transfer and, and not be penalized for it, I, I think. So um, I know this guy was a starter, um, Simeon Barrow, uh, defensive tackle for them. He was pretty good. Um, he's had a decent amount of pressures <clears throat> on the year. So he had jumped in the portal. Um I'll be honest, I don't know if this offensive lineman was a starter, but Keyshawn Blackstock is also now on the portal. So, um, yeah, he was a junior offensive lineman, so it sounds like he had at least some experience for them. So um, that's something to keep an eye on. Basically, if we're looking at this from the Gopher side, I just think you're going in with some banged-up running backs, right? Like Zach Evans was in a walking boot by the end of uh, the Iowa game. Gonna assume he's out this week. PJ said they did receive good news about both him and Arius Taylor um, from the medical staff. So probably not season 
ending or anything like that, but I'm just going to assume, you know, if you're in a boot that quick after the game, you're probably not back in a week. Um, it'd be great if he was, but not counting on him. But so a banged up Darius Taylor, I'm assuming will play. Uh, as we mentioned, Bryce Williams is out for the year. So you'll have uh, Sean Tyler in there getting a lot of carries probably as well as um, Newbin in there, right, as your third back. So in order to help those guys out, it would be great to hit uh, Daniel Jackson, Corey Crooms, Elijah Spencer, just maybe span forward. Maybe this is his final game where he gets some confidence going and can uh, hold onto that football when he's targeted. Um, you know, but it, it it's a team. It's just a dangerous team because, yes, they're down on themselves, the Spartans, that is, and they're in a difficult spot, but they just have the athletes out there where if they show up to play, like you're instantly in a dogfight. So, um, yeah, you're going to need to have a good game plan going into this. And just I want to see a little bit more of a 50-50 mix, maybe not quite as run heavy as we were against Iowa, but we'll see. I agree. I You know, I think it's a good opportunity, like weather permitting, right? We'll see kind of how it plays out on Saturday. But I hope PJ, you know, this is unfortunately kind of what happens usually if you run your backs all the time. I mean, you're going to get banged up and and hurt. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I I just think it's a good opportunity to see what Ethan can do and sling the ball. You have athletes. You know, it's against a team that's really still trying to figure it out more than halfway the season. Why not just kind of give him the keys and try and, you know, roll this offense and, and see what we got here. So I agree completely, Kurt. I, ho- I, ho- I hope they kind of expand the playbook. It doesn't even have to be anything crazy. Just let's see, like right. we kind of talked about it before, you know, the podcast. Let's see some like four or five, six yard kind of pass, you know. Let's kind of just see us kind of driving up the field, chunking, you know, and, and getting yeah. in the end zone. Um, we'll see what happens. but. I think it's a good opportunity to do that. Yeah, I definitely agree. And too, if you know, if we're letting Nathan throw the ball around, hopefully that means you know we're the running backs that we do have healthy. We're not just gonna bash them and, and risk any more injuries for the remainder of the year too. So um, yeah, it definitely feels like a game that we're just gonna try to sit on the ball. Uh, yeah. That play clock's gonna be under four or five seconds, probably every offensive snap we have, just to bleed as much clock as possible. And I don't know, we'll see. We'll see what the uh, what the game plan looks like. I, I agree, though. I, I hope we let Ava around. And I hope we just, you know, spread around with some other receivers, too. I think Daniel Jackson was the only wide receiver that had a catch uh, against Iowa. So it's tough to be a wide receiver and not on a single ball. Though Corey Cruz right. should have had that was Yeah, that was ridiculous. But I do. I will say this. If the game plan is, you know, I don't know. We saw what happened last year, you know. If we can kind of bring that same sort of energy and plan, obviously the Spartan team's different, but right. if we can do something like that, that would be phenomenal, you know, just to see a dominant win, something that would be, you know, unexpected, even against the Spartan team, who we're not really expecting a lot of, but to see a dominant win would really make me feel good about the Gophers going forward in the rest of the season. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, that being said, just my my couple keys to the game here for the Ghosts uh, to come out on top would just be, um, you know, the D line played excellent against against Iowa. I feel like that's getting a little bit overlooked nationally just because of um, Iowa's offensive struggles, but the D line really did take over. So uh, just have that kind of continue. Um, you know, I know it's a lot asking them to be as dominant as they just dominant as they just were, but you know, keeping the quarterback contained, he has made some plays with his legs. Um, 
And just if you can kind of shut down the run again and put more on his plate, being a young quarterback on the road probably helps you a little bit, um, especially maybe if the weather's not great. So, yeah, it's D-line, I guess, keep balling out. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it leaves opportunities for your playmakers in the secondaries. We saw Wally and Newbin were making plays. So um, that would be my defensive key to the game, as well as just staying in your lanes. Like linebackers just continue as you were doing. They were much better. I should give them praise since I've been harsh on them. They were much better at staying disciplined last game. So. Obviously, if that can continue, I like the odds. And then, um, you know, I do think this is going to be pretty close for most of the game. So I think Ethan is going to have open receivers down the field again. We're going to have to hit more of those shots if we're going to win this football game. Um, you know, uh, Derek Burns commented on it. He's on um, the Go for Gridiron podcast, uh, breaking down games every week. But he commented on his Twitter feed just that, um, you know, against Iowa, this was maybe the best game the receivers actually had as far as getting open and getting separation from D- DBs and stuff. So um, when those opportunities are here against this Spartan team, we're going to probably need to hit those just because their offense is a little bit more talented than that than that Iowa's. So, um, yeah, with that, I like I said, I think it's going to be pretty tight just because – I don't know how we're going to turn around exactly off the big win and, and whatnot. And, you know, Spartans have players still, but I think they are kind of down in the dumps right now. So I have the Gophers winning 20 to 60, which is a Spartan cover and an under. Yeah, I was, I feel like coming in, I don't know. I feel like I was also feeling like it'd be a closer game, um, but just kind of watching how Michigan State played against Michigan. Like you said, like last week was kind of, for a lot of those guys, probably their whole season. Uh, you know, that's kind of all you got left is your biggest rivalry. You can put up a fight against your in-state. Michigan is kind of big brother for a while now. So you would hope they'd put up a little bit of a fight, but they just got dominated all the way to the end. So uh, I don't know. I feel like it's a little demoralizing. Trusting that this Minnesota team can bounce back from uh, the emotions of the Iowa game, reset, refocus, and just play to their strength. Um, but one thing that stands out, Michigan State, even though their offense is pretty bad, they're also, you know, of the 133 FBS schools, they are 128th in turnover margin and 130th in penalties. So definitely a team that's going to make mistakes and going to shoot themselves in the foot. So if we can just let them make all the mistakes and we just take the ball away and sit on it, you know, as long as we don't play down to their level and win that time of possession battle, I don't think it's going to take too many points. You know, our offense is essentially perfect, but... They can just play mistake-free football, trusting the defense. Uh, I'm predicting a 24-6 win. Oh, I like it. Uh, yeah, you know, Max, you kind of said some of the things I was going to You look at last week against Iowa, Gophers had several penalties. Was it six, seven penalties? Really uncharacteristic of uh, the Gopher football team. Keep those penalties limited and let them, the Spartans, kind of shoot themselves in the foot. But also – turnovers or good field position let's get in the end zone how about let's really take advantage of when we get the ball back in a turnover let's get six points you know too often last game we didn't get in there you know credit to Iowa's D we all know how good they are but against this team you should be able to get in the end zone um you know defensively like you said Kurt I want to see that D-line just keeping that energy, you know, going. I mean, we saw how awesome they played last game. If they can just keep going like this, um, it'll be awesome for, for this defense, especially against a young quarterback, you know. Let's make him make plays, and that in itself will force some turnovers. So do that. Score early, I think, you know, 
when first drive, maybe let's find, you know, the end zone to make them kind of crawl back at us. That being said, if the defense plays like they did last week and the offense shows improvements, I got the Gophers winning 27 to 10. Are we all under? I think so. Yeah. Probably probably a safe bet there. Um <laughs> Yeah. No, I that's a good point, Spencer. Especially if you could get up on these guys and just you know, they're on a five game lose. So if you could get up by like ten, if it's ten nothing after quarter one, they're they might kind of just be like, you know what? Another week. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like but it, it, you know, I don't know what team we're gonna get really that we're gonna see from from them on Saturday. Like they played they should have beat Iowa. They really should have. They but they gave up that punt return and Iowa kinda Iowa'd them. Uh, they, they had Rutgers on the ropes, couldn't finish that one. And then, you know, last week ran into Michigan, which is an absolute buzzsaw right now, but all right, we are now moving on to, well, I should say this really quick. I just want to say we were trying to get a crossover with the bacon wire podcast, which is big banters, um, Michigan state football podcast. Their host was ill, so we could not meet us to record at this time. But if something pops up, we'll try and get that out, and we will post it on the feed as well. But just so you know, we tried to get uh, the Michigan State expert analysis, so we did our best to fill in for him. But anyway, we'll move in to the SkyUPod parlay of the week. It was close last week, fellas. Three and one. Three and one. Um, This week, Max, you had mentioned this to us. It looks a little bit tougher to find a lock. But with that, I will let you guys start. What are your locks for the Skyupod Parlay? I'm going to kind of start in hot here, okay, fellas? You know, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, as you heard, we went three and one, and it is because of me. I totally botched it. And so I want to redeem myself in this parlay. And for you all to have faith in you spend your money, you make money. I'm doing one of these early games. In fact, I'm looking tomorrow. You know, I got burned in the over-under with Northwestern and Nebraska. I said they'd go over. That was not the case. So I want to go over again. I'm looking at UTEP and Sam Houston. Over-under is 36 points. These are not good teams. But, hey, (laughs) I think that they're just going to be coming ready to play on a Wednesday night. You know, this is their Super Bowl. You know, this is something to get up for. They have an opportunity to get some wins. Let's get it done. Over 36 points, Sam Houston and UTEP. You're usually pretty good with these early games, so I'm not even going to question it. <laughs> All right, Max, what is your yeah. lock? Of- uh, for me, I'm going to stay away from Conference USA and the weeknight games, though they are fun to watch. Um, I'm looking at Oklahoma goes to Kansas. Uh, Oklahoma's a 10-point favorite. And I like the Sooners a lot. I think they, I know they had a weird game against UCF, uh, but Kansas without Jalen Daniels, uh, I know their backup's been playing all right, but I don't know. Oklahoma's just on a mission. I think Dylan Gabriel still, you know, he's been mentioned for the, and Heisman watch ever since the Texas game. Uh, I think it, you know, Oklahoma's explosive offense and actually having a decent defense this year, 10 points doesn't seem like enough there. So over sooner. Yeah. Okay. I'm stuck between these two. I'm going to I'm going to go with this one. I don't think you guys will like it, but here's my rationale. Um Virginia just shocked the world and beat UNC on the road. They now travel to the Hurricanes who I thought they might kind of roll over and they played a tough physical game and got the the W against Clemson. I think this Virginia team is going to have a tough time 
recovering from that huge upset. Uh, Canes are a 19 point favorite at home. I'm going to go with the Canes. I think they kind of come out and pound this Virginia team, which is very young. Um, and I think the Canes are still trying to send a message this season that they're, they're, they're better. Um, they do have some nice wins on the year. I think they are talented enough team to do that. I think Virginia, I don't know how UNC lost to them. Um, I've seen a lot of Virginia football actually this year, early in this season. It seemed like they're on every Friday night. So I'm going to stick with the Hurricanes getting the job done at home. Yeah, I like that pick. All right. Now we are moving on to another great slate this Saturday. Um, I feel like the Pac-12 just has a great matchup for us really every week. Um, but we will start with, well, let's start with this Big Ten one. I just think it's an interesting line. Maryland is at Northwestern. Maryland is currently a 13 and a half point favorite. Fellas, who you like in that spread? Ugh. I'll go first. I'm going to take Maryland just because they're off the bye. And and that was a pretty physical game, tough game for Northwestern. Like they, they hung pretty tight for the most part with Nebraska. Um, so not that they'll have a tough time responding. It's just I feel like Maryland is ready for them and not going to take them lightly, especially since they their last game was that kind of upset loss to Illinois. So I think Maryland bounces back and does cover that spread. I would not put money on this game, but I'm going to take Maryland. Where is this at Maryland or at Northwestern? At Northwestern. Yeah. At the Wildcats. I'm going to go with Northwestern. I'll just, I'll just go for it. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that line. It's like the perfect one of, I don't want to bet that. To me, at least. I'm sure somebody out there having their fun with that. All right. Um, Max, do you have any rationale or are you just going Wildcats? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Northwestern just as bad as they are, they just don't seem to give up. So yeah, maybe a backdoor. Sure. Evanston, late. Yeah. Dreary. Yeah. All right. Well, we also got Georgia, Florida going on at the same time as the Gophers in Jacksonville. Georgia is a 14 and a half point favorite over the Gators. Man. Um, I think I'm going to go Bulldogs. I am too. This, I don't trust Florida's Florida offense. just isn't, you know, I thought that this year they might kind of turn around, but like I haven't really seen a lot from them this year. Again, and this Georgia team, guys, you you know they're just really good. Um, yeah, they do lose their big tight end, um, which yeah, that, that'll hurt. But I still think they get this done. Something tells me they have a backup. That's pre- probably <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is a rivalry, like a big rivalry. So I that's don't the know. thing. I, Florida. I mean, uh, anyone playing Georgia is going to get up for it. And I feel like the swamp. It is a tough place to play, like even if you're Georgia. So, well, I don't think it's in the swamp, though, right? Jacksonville's a the neutral Jacksonville, site. This, right? this game's always a neutral site game, I believe, which is kind of weird because you you would think you'd want that on campus, but I know there's a backstory. I don't remember it, but for some reason they always play in Jackson, which is like the semi halfway point. Well, with that, I will take Georgia. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, the next one here we got BYU. At Texas, Texas is a 17 and a half point favorite. Quinn Ewers is out for a few weeks here. He sprained his shoulder taking a hit in that close game against uh, Houston last week. BYU got smoked on the road against TU, and that's the only thing that stands out in my head. So I don't know if BYU can do it on the road. 
So yeah. I'm I'm going to stick with Texas. I know that's a lot of points for a backup quarterback, but they got athletes on that team for sure. So I'll go Texas minus 17 and a half against BYU. Who's going to start? It's not Arch. Nope. Um. Well, I don't think so. He could play, but I forget the backup. It's not Arch, though. Arch didn't yeah. fill in for the for the guy that came. Yeah. I don't remember his name. I think you're right, though, Kurt. I'm going to go with Texas. Texas, I don't want to say they're back, yet, but they're looking pretty good. Yeah. So. Well, and plus with the backup quarterback, I feel like that almost makes it like, you know, they're not going to overlook BYU. So, yeah. like, they're going to do everything they can to be ready to help the next guy. Mm-hmm. His job easier. So, I'm going to. Yeah. And, yeah, it doesn't matter who plays quarterback. Texas defense has still been really good this year. Uh, so, yeah, I'll take the Longhorns. This, this 230 slot is absolutely stacked with games. Um, so, we'll just we'll stick with it here. Oregon at Utah, Salt Lake City. Man, Oregon is a six and a half point favorite. I don't know. I don't know who I like this one. Utah <laughs> looked good. They're coming off a big win. Oregon, I thought, would kind of, I mean, they still won pretty easily, but I just thought it'd be more. Uh, right. But again, Washington, Washington State's also still a solid squad, I think. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Ducks. Um, they're, uh, here's why. Yeah. Their defense is better than USC. Right. Maybe their offense isn't as potent, but I think that that I think is it's pretty diff- good. It's pretty. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. It, it's are you know it's arguably the same. It could be you know better, but I just think that the defense is the difference between the Ducks and the Trojans, I and I think that is going to be the reason why they covered. I got you. I'm going to go Utah. I don't know if they'll win. But they're at home, so I'm going to take the points. They're just super well coached. I, I don't know. I, it's just almost a touchdown at home. I think I'll just take them at as the team. And that's that's really the only rationale I got. If one team's going to blow up the other, though, I do feel like it's Oregon. Like, I still think they're legit, even in that loss to Washington. Like, I came away thinking, wow, Oregon is actually really good. So kind of a cop-out answer, but I'm going to take Utah at, at home. Yeah, this... <laughs> I feel like overall, if it was, you know, all things being the same, Oregon is both sides of the ball is a better team. Uh, but there's just always been something about Utah playing Oregon, especially at home. They just, don't... They just got that magic with them, too. It seems right. like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like the biggest thing for Oregon is that it's at least not at night because Utah home at night just yeah is like voodoo powers. I don't know what that, I don't know what they got on there, but they never right. Um, I'll take Oregon. I think this is maybe this year they get the monkey off their back. They finally go in there and beat them. Cover. Don't love it. Just don't yeah. drop the ball before you cross the end. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, that should be that should be a great game. Looking forward to watching that one. All right, let's close it off here with with this one. Ohio State traveling to Madison, Wisconsin. Man, Wisconsin camp coming off a big time victory. Um, close one against Illinois, and then obviously Ohio State handling Penn State at home. That was a big-time matchup. I don't think Ohio State's going to be overlooking Wisconsin at all, and the offense, I just don't think will do enough for the Badgers. That's fun to cover that spread. I just, I believe in Ohio State's defense. Um, Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take Ohio State like a 40 to, yeah, probably not 40, like a 31 to, to 13 type game. I'm going to have to agree. Um, 
you know, reasons you said, but also just the gopher in me. We need Wisconsin to lose this game. So yeah, we do. I'm just, I'm just going all in with the Buckeyes here. Yeah, I take Ohio State as well. I know the big win against Penn State, but I don't know. They seem to take care of business pretty easily. That defense looked really good too for Ohio State. Yeah, I got uh, got the weapons on both sides of the ball, and Wisconsin just kind of scuffling. Right. All right. Well, that'll be another episode of Sky U Pod. Like I said, we are on youtube now so feel free to look us up like and subscribe comment if you will and uh yeah well we look forward to talking to you next week we are brought to you by big banner sports we'll see you next time go gophs